What is good, everybody? You're listening to Our Future, the business podcast for young people. And I'm switching stuff up today with a little business conversation we're going to be having with Simran Sandhu. He is the host of the five minute drill. It delivers you your morning news, everything you possibly need to know about what's going on in the world in just five minutes. Now, the one thing Simi and I have in common is being short form podcast creators, but the short form concept just pulled up to a funeral this week because Quibi is dead and I wanted to bring on Simi to talk about it. Simi, what, what are we thinking here, man? What are we thinking about the death of Quibi? You know, if we think about it, right, WeWork became the laughing stock, right? Crazy valuation, raised a ton of funding, but, you know, in WeWork's defense, they're still operating. So, you know, Quibi has become kind of this interesting thing where you had two very well-known executives who, you know, kind of tried it on their own. And quite frankly, things just didn't work out. And, you know, the idea made sense on paper, but, you know, you look at the practicality of it. We're in the media space. Um, and some of those things that, you know, they, they tried just didn't work. And I'm happy to explore that with Michael. One thing I think is interesting you mentioned is the gravitas of these two individuals, right? Jeffrey Katzenberg and Meg Whitman, right? It's one of those situations where if you have these two media messiahs, like you're willing to fork over, right? This $1.75 billion, kind of like how Adam Newman was this magnetic personality that courted this money. But I think it goes beyond just the people who started this company and their experience and their pedigree in Hollywood. I think it actually goes deep into a number of things. And when I first downloaded Quibi, man, I was actually excited. I think it could have worked. I actually kind of, in one of my first podcast episodes, it was an exciting thing for me. And I actually watched one episode before never opening the app again. But I think that this coronavirus pandemic, dude, it, paid, it played a role in what went down. Yeah, I mean, one, you have people who are stuck inside um, and, you know, in the midst of lockdown. But I think there's another fundamental problem here, right? Quibi's whole basis or idea um, for the business was, hey, let's create short content, right? 10-minute videos, kind of similar to the format of a TV. But if you look at what Netflix has done, you look at Hulu or Disney Plus, right? People actually want to overconsume. They want to binge watch. That's what you see <laughs> with House of Cards. That's what you see with uh, Game of Thrones and some of these other TV shows, right? So I think, you know, they kind of went about it backwards where, you know, the consumers really just aren't spending very much time on their platform because of the way it's designed. This short form concept, I think it works. I mean, just look at the immense size and scale of TikTok, right? But right. this... I think that people, right, they aren't looking to be intentional. They aren't looking to be intentional at the time periods that Quibi was targeting. Both of those time periods were wiped out during COVID-19. So what I'm thinking about here is Jeffrey Katzenberg and Meg Whitman envisioned a world where people would be watching Quibi while waiting in line and watching Quibi while commuting. Both of those activities were killed off during the pandemic, and it kind of evaporated the opportunity for the platform. And I think when I'm standing in line and when I am commuting, if I was in New York and was able to look at a device on the subway, I wouldn't really want to be that intentional about what I was looking at. I'd want to be being fed a bunch of different stuff from different algorithms and kind of just spacing out a little bit instead of like really investing myself in a show. Like you don't invest yourself in anything 
for that period of time. You want to be in it for the long run, like you said, over-consuming. If I have five to 10 minutes to kill, right, am I going to spend it on Quibi or, you know, would people rather aimlessly wander on TikTok and YouTube, right? I think a lot of times what happens is when people are on TikTok or people are on YouTube, you know, there's not necessarily a specific video that they're looking for or a general direction right, right. there. They know that what's going to be on the app or the platform itself is going to captivate their attention. And so what you end up seeing, especially on YouTube, I'm a victim of this personally, where you just kind of go in a rabbit hole, right? You click one video after the next and the next and the next kind of goes back to the over-consuming point. And before you know it, you've lost track of time. Exactly. I mean, these algorithms really govern a lot of the content that we consume. And I think that we should touch on the marketing because I don't think I was free of seeing a Quibi ad for many months leading up to its launch. And you couldn't even download it while it was being advertised, right? I feel right. like they should have maybe gone on that blitz once the app was live. And another pitfall they fell into, Simi, is that they didn't allow people to screen record or screenshot within the app. So they actually close themselves off to a great deal of virality, whether it be on TikTok, making memes out of content. Like that's one thing marketers have learned. They need to position their content in a way that could put it on the path to virality. Completely agree, right? $500 million plus spent in marketing purposes. But, Crazy. you know, while you've seen a lot of ads, I know a lot of people who couldn't really tell you what exactly Quibi, you know, does, stands for, who their target customer is, right? Right. I mean, that is a ton of money. And I think that you can buy attention in today's marketing economy and paradigm, but you can't buy sustained attention, right? Your content has to pick up the muscle for the rest of that relationship. You can get someone to click or download, but from there, your content needs to be killer. And I just don't think that the celebrities that they had in the app, whether it be, I think it was Anna Kendrick or Liam's, Liam Hensworth, both are kind of B-listers, man. Like they weren't Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> we weren't looking at Scarlett Johansson, right? No, I mean, I completely agree with you, right? Um, I think organic marketing is always the best marketing. Any business yeah. would say that, right? Who wants to spend the money to go find people? If you can get it organically, I think that shows you have something here. But I think what this also kind of signals and, and suggests is they missed out on one of the fundamental pieces of building a business, and that was determining product market fit. They just thought that they could put an influx of capital out there and they could literally buy consumers' attention, right? And, and you know, as I said uh, before, $500 million plus marketing, well, you know, they never got to actually test what is it that, you know, consumers want to see? Maybe had they not spent all that much money and capital in the first place, they would have a better idea of who exactly they're going for. And I'd even make the statement that, quite frankly, Quibi just wasn't sure what exactly they wanted to be, even as a platform. That goes to this concept of earned media, right? You can't, right. you can't throw your media. You, I think what this proves to us, especially people like you and I who are building companies in this industry, is you can't buy your way into it. It's all earned. Mm. It's all organic, right? You have to work at it for a long period of time, create great content. Quibi can't just come out of the gate and expect to get millions of users. They have to establish that it works. They have to create loyalists, people who love the content, people who share the content, but they couldn't expect that all to happen like that. You know what I'm saying? And they brought on all these investors who were sharking it. They're like, where's the return? Where's the return? It almost didn't even give them the opportunity to let this thing play out and see how it could have gone. 
So Simi, I guess the real question is you and I are both short form creators. Are we, why are we not, why would we not fall into the same pitfall that Quibi did if the short form thing is strategy is, is different, right? We are creators. We are a more intentional platform. Like what, what do you think we're doing right that they're not? I think the the point we're really just trying to come into is like people are protective of their time, right? Like, you know, if I'm listening to a podcast, that's a very intentional decision, right? Like if I'm going on a three hour trip, right? And I'm not listening, like the go-to thing when people usually are driving a car or something like that, right? And, and commuting, it's to put on music. If you're listening to a podcast, for the most part, you're hoping to get something out of it. Now, I'm not saying that like, all podcasts are, um, you know, knowledgeable or informational, you know, full of information in that sense, right? Like, there's a reason why, like, sci-fi and scary, you know, you know, another point we didn't even touch on is podcasts are free, right? Podcasts Whereas are free. Be- podcasts are free, as well as the fact that there is not an algo. So let's, I think that Quibi is caught in the middle, right? Netflix has the algorithm in its favor. So does Amazon yeah. Prime right? They're feeding you recommendations based on what you would like, right? Podcasting, there isn't an algorithm. There's no platform. So that's why discovery is so hard. But with Quibi, they're stuck with a rock and a hard place. They have the content you'd expect to be fed on Netflix, but they don't have enough content to make it an aimless, non-intentional activity. So they're caught in a rock and a hard place. It's a it's a fair point. And honestly, Michael, I never really thought about it that way. But I think the way you put it makes a lot of sense. Simi, amazing conversation with you, man. Always enjoy talking with you. I know we talk on the phone a lot about podcast media strategy. I'd love to keep this up. This is just a fun Saturday episode, postmortem in the media industry, because it's kind of what we live and breathe, especially as we try and grow our own businesses in the space. So thank you for joining me, Simi. It was a, it was a wonderful conversation. And I hope we can get back at it again. Absolutely, Michael. A pleasure. Thank you.